Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is TL, and you are now on the Frontline Stereo Podcast. Hey, look, this one's going to be a crazy one as usual. I might go left. I said that last week. I lost my spot last week, too. So I'm going to pick up my spot where I left it at last week. And we're going to get this conversation going where it should be going. But as usual, I got to talk a little bit. And y'all got to let me get this off my chest. Are y'all really ready? For the conversation we got to bring today, I am always with one of my true North people, and I am sitting in the studio with one of my faves. He's become a great friend of the show, great friend of mine. I'm always, as usual, sitting in with Tori and Richardson again. Tori and Richardson, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, man. Always appreciate you having me on the front line with you, my brother. Always. Man, man look, you, you keeping me focused. Because I know when I get the rambling at the mouth and I get the talking out the side of my neck, which some people would say, I don't care what they really say, but I'm going to say what needs to be said. Because right <laughs> now, I mean, like the sheep are being herded and the fleece on them ain't all white. Mm. I'm, I'm just saying I, I have a continuous cry for being informational over emotional. And yes, it's high emotion time right now. This is where I say come to the line. Yep. Come come right on up to the front line. And when you get to the front line, come get a little bit of this information. Look, like I said, I lost my spot last week. Last week, I wanted to talk about what these riots do to the community. I didn't get a chance to talk about that because we have, me and you, every time we talk, we have these, these interesting conversations. Right now, what I want to talk about, though, is I, I have to. I, I think the listeners would be mad at me. Des, you would be mad at me. Brandon, you would be mad at me if I didn't go in and talk about Candace Owens' statement. So I want to start. I want to start there. I'm, I'm going to give you a little context before I start playing the clip. Candace Owens is a political pundit, uh, a lobbyist. She goes back and forth, and most people would call her Uncle Tom. Most people would call her Uncle Ruckus. Most people would call her Coon. I want us to be more informational over emotional, and I think her clip presents us an opportunity to be more informational over emotional. I want to. Pull up one one piece of the clip first. I'm gonna stop it and I'm gonna, I'm gonna provide the context as we go along. T, you still with me? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm well, look, well, right by your side, bro. It, it, before I pull up this clip, let me give my boy his coverage. Um, we're gonna play this disclaimer right now. They mob on the front lines. They mob views. Shit, wait. This is a damn podcast. But it's it? a damn podcast, so let's stick with it. But he's covered now. Look, look. if anybody come to T, because <laughs> T is a, a, an executive coach, a, a, a world cultivator. He cultivates conversations around the world. And look, I want to make sure y'all understand he is doing this as a favor to me. He He's one of my true North Stars, and these are not his opinions. These are my opinions. Now, what he say, that's on him, but these are my opinions. Let's, let's, let, me, let me play some of this clip. Let me play the, the first part that I want us to bring attention to. Here we go. To come out and say uh, that I do not support George Floyd and the media depiction of him as a martyr for black America, I'm going to explain why, and I hope that some of you guys will understand where I'm coming from. All right, so... That's that's where I'm going I'm to I'm start to provide the context. And this is where I say the sheep are being herded and the fleece ain't all white on them. 
because quite frankly, this is where I'm a, a bit more informational over emotional. And I kind of agree with Candace Owens. I do not support George what? Floyd being a martyr for our movement. This is where I'm. This is where the information needs to to be had. I, I know you're ready to say TL, you cooning. No, I'm not cooning. I'm. I don't completely agree with her, but this is where I. The information that's presented itself has to be heard in a different light. So before I provide more context, I want to play another part of her clip because this information makes sense to me. And if you anybody who's seen any part of this clip, it makes sense to you, too. But let me let me play this next part. Shelby Steele said that the black community is unique from other communities. Um, Our our culture is unique from other communities um, because we are the only community that caters to the bottom denominator of our society. Now, let me explain what that means. Um, I'm not going to let her explain what it means because I want to explain what it means. Um, but this is where I agree. Again, I agree with Candace Owens. I think we should take back our movement. Our movement is not the George Floyd movement. Our movement was ignited by George Floyd, but it's not the George Floyd movement. I think that's what Black Lives Matter has been saying when they um, talk when they speak about the mayor and her putting black lives matter out on DC, DC stand up. It still looks nice to see, but we need to take back this movement real quick because if, if we don't people like Candace Owens, people who are actually out there cooning and all these asshole white people. And I'm talking about the assholes. Let me be clear on that. Not the, not the people who are truly an ally, the assholes of the bunch that come out and say, I told you he was, he was terrible. And I told you he was, he was horrible. Hey, look, I, 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 I had respect. I wanted to wait and make sure George Floyd, God rest his soul, has been placed in ground in the ground. And he's, his, his family has mourned him. And this is really not about a George Floyd conversation. This is where I say black community, take back your movement. We should be having a movement, a sustainable movement on racial equality and us standing against police brutality. As long as we call it the George Floyd movement, the Ahmaud Arbery movement or whatever name we choose to use, they're going to be assholes that are going to be able to punch holes in our movement. And it won't allow us to sustain what should be a good change with a good change for the world. T this is where I need you to weigh yeah. in because I'm, like I said, I might go left. <laughs> I agree with Candace Owens saying we should not martyr George Floyd. He's what ignited. I, I, I tend to think back. And I mean, this is the reason why I say he shouldn't martyr it. I tend to think back to a lot of the things that ignited a riot, which we'll have to talk about today mm-hmm. too. We had riots in 65 um, in L.A., um, in Watts. So we talking about the 60s, we had a riot in L.A., Detroit, and New York. In the 90s, we had the, uh, the riot again over Rodney King in L.A. Uh, it's a show out there you guys should watch. L.A. 92 is on Netflix. You guys know I watch a lot of Netflix. If you just watch the past eight minutes, the, the meshing of the 60s riots, the 90s riots, the 2000 riots, and now again in 2020, we're having the same riots again. Well, I mean, I, I like the fact that you point out what the factual truth, and that, that's true, man. If you string all those things together, they look the same. In fact, if it were not for the quality of camera 
you would probably think that you were watching the, the late 1960s right now. Thank you. Um, you bring up a lot of points, man. You bring up a lot of interesting points in where I think that here's what I appreciate to take it back to Candace Owens, right? Right. The, the thing that I appreciate about her is that she is stern in her feelings and she really believes what she's saying. She has a tone. She, she does. Like, she does. I, she says it and makes you, yeah, this is the truth. Yeah, it, it, this is, and this, and I do believe that for her, that is her personal absolute truth. And that, that's just a term that I use when, when people are very emphatic and matter of fact and, and crisp, like her, like she is. I do, I watch a lot of Ben Shapiro, so for all of your listeners, you know, I, I, I encourage you to listen to um, what some people may consider the counter narrative, but really to listen to things that may make you feel a little bit uncomfortable because that's how you get an opportunity to learn where other people may be coming from. But they have very similar styles. Right? So I appreciate that about her. Now, when you actually start to get into some of the things that she's saying, I agree with you that, that this, the person, the George, who was murdered on camera should not be that martyr for the actual movement. But I peel it back a little bit more and say, you know, when you say take back our movement, I would argue we never had it. It's particularly right now, right? Particularly right. right now. Okay. If you look at the things that have, the things or the people who have actually financed Black Lives Matter, because everything in the United States takes finance. It's, it's an economic thing. It's the whole reason why slavery existed and why, why we were brought over here, stolen, sold, All to actually build the economy that right. we were not based to be in. And the backing between George Soros and the people who are funding Black Lives Matter they're the financiers. So these are the people, if you look at it from a business standpoint, that the people who are running the organization are beholden to. So there's, a, there's, a, there's an interest there that isn't necessarily organically native black American. I'm not saying it's bad or it's good, but that's a fact, right? And I want your listeners that, is a fact. that are not familiar with it to look into it a little bit more. Um, and so looking at the movement, you know, and I would even say even, even around racial equality, man, like, I'm a little I'm pessimistic on that one because the very roots of our country are built on racial division. It is. So it, racial inequality. And, and I don't and, and it is not going to be uprooted because it would uproot the United States. Right. And that 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 means national security. I mean, there's so many different things that come along with that, that not only would people who are not a part of the black community would want, but the black community wouldn't necessarily want that either. Um, but anyway. So, so back to Candace Owens, I, I think that what, what she's talking about, when she talks about like the bottom feeders of society, that's what, that's what really starts to pique my interest and perk my ears up a little bit more because I disagree with her on that part of it, right? Like there are definitely other cultures in this world. In fact, I mean, we can, we can peel it back to some of the forefathers of the United States. Right, like you we absolutely may celebrate can. them now. Yeah, I mean every but every person time, on a dollar, every person on any currency we have was a slave owner. <laughs> That's celebrating the bottom of what we would consider the bottom of of, of a category. But this is this exactly. is where I'm agreeing with her. Every time we have some some semblance of a of a protest or a movement, it's always the one they can punch holes in. It's always the case where it's it's not like ironclad like when i when i think of some of these names that are that they're putting out there um again mm -hmm. this frontline and, and tl i'm not saying that any of these people that that would be considered the name 
deserve to die at the hands of police brutality. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not saying I'm not saying they were just terrible people. But I'm looking at a Tamir Rice. Tamir Rice, young kid, doing nothing, being mm-hmm. a kid, mm-hmm. and he suffered mm-hmm. at the hands of fear, because that's what it was, fear from someone who probably shouldn't have been in a position that he's in by being a uh, a, a police officer. Mm-hmm. Instead of taking that and saying, let's march for Tamir Rice, we go to the Trayvon Martins or the George Floyds of the world. When you think about people you can punch holes in George Floyd. I mean, like you can go online right now and type in landlord George. And trust me, landlord George is going to, is going to call up Pornhub and it's going to be six foot six (laughs) George Floyd. (laughs) giving the business to a porn star. This is not the person I want to spark the movement. Why he he might ignite his death did ignite a movement, but he didn't do anything. He's not Martin Luther King where he had, police brutality at, at his at his face and then and then he continued to preach and and go out and walk and go out and march that's that's he's the igniter he's not the movement so for us to continue to say george floyd is the movement i mean we really got people out there as i uh as as one of my friends would like to say the least the last the lost and the lonely that are looking to people like us <laughs> We're educated. Yeah. We well, we would consider ourselves, yeah. or they would consider us the educated of the group, and they're listening to what we're gonna say, so they can formulate their argument and how to speak with the people in in their environment. We've all been in that environment, but we're no longer in that environment. That's c- kind of how Jay Z says, "I'm right. of the people, but I'm not of. I am the people, but I'm not of the people anymore." That's what it is, man. Mm-hmm. We need to become informational instead of emotional, because if you get the proper information, you would go, yeah, I need to stop saying George Floyd right now. I need to start saying this is a racial inequality and police brutality movement. Black Lives Matter. Let's move towards getting these things changed. I can't I can't tell you, I can't support landlord George. But you (laughs) but but you're see you going back, you peeling back the onion a little bit to an awareness piece that we have to ask ourselves as a community, as the native black American community, do we have that collective level of awareness? Cause if I, if you, cause you're saying that George is not the movement and I agree, but then what is like, what have we, what have we collectively said? Like these are our priorities and these are the things that we really want to go after, whether it's this situation or even prior to. And I would even argue that if we're not careful, which I don't necessarily think that we are, that within six to nine months after this rolls over a little bit, or really after the election in the United States, that we will start to roll back a lot of this. Because think about it, man. We, you're talking about 600 years of how a collective country has been running, operating, and govern. You're right. So, I mean, yeah, that's a that's a lot, man. That it's a part. It's it's already baked into the pot, right? So, at, at what levels? Honestly, no question that's debatable. But it's baked into the pot. So, what I would say is, what what we have to do as Native Black Americans or people who identify as Native Black Americans, right? Because that, that's a whole other conversation, which which I certainly do, is have a collective dialogue so that we are utilizing the right narratives and the right words and how we want to describe the direction that we want to go. But this goes back to my original point. It's hard to do when you have over $100 million being financed by someone who has another, who could have another set of interests. Well, and that's, that's the conflict. And that's what a lot of us don't see. We don't, we don't know that. 
that that is a conflict, but it's also an issue that we have that goes back to one of the things that's for another show. <laughs> I'm going to say it. It's it, it always going to go back to that conversation about reparations until we collectively be get, get behind reparations and stop wavering on that uh-huh. conversation. I, I, economically, we we're be, like you said, we're beholden to whoever's funding the deal. Yes. And until we yes. have money to fund the deal, we can't run the deal. But going back to Candace, mm. emotionally, yes. when, when people hear things like, I don't support George Floyd. And then she comes with information. Candace goes on in this 18 minute video. I'm not going to play all 18 minutes for you. She goes on in this video to provide context to the listeners to talk about his police record, which is which is 10 years old. It, I mean, he hasn't done anything in over 10 years. And for the most part, she talks about him getting arrested on multiple cocaine charges. But the one that really bothered me the most is him doing a, a robbery and putting a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach. That, that, that's that's unacceptable. I, I, I can't stand behind somebody like that. Maybe I, I'd, I'd rather hear what I'd, I'd rather hear us talking about. Breonna Taylor, as, as opposed to George Floyd. Uh, I'd rather hear us talking about Ahmaud Aubrey as opposed to George Floyd. Because what happens along with taking this emotional side of, they killed that man, he shouldn't have died. And he definitely shouldn't have died that way. And it was horrible to watch over and over as many times as we watched it. It was horrible to watch over and over again. But now we got his brother going to the state capitol speaking on our behalf. And quite frankly, Phil Anise or whatever his name is, <laughs> bro, bro, he can't really even speak. I, I don't want him. I want the best of the best speaking for us. I want you going to speak for us. I want I want Bob Johnson going to speak for us. I want whoever is the top in, in this field. I want Kamala Harris as a lawyer. I, I know love or hate her. I, I want those type of people going to speak for us. I want somebody. I want um, Val Demings, who's who has a history of first black police chief and female in in Florida, Orange County. I want her to go speak on our behalf and have, a, like you said, a collective agenda or collective thing, a collective group of items that we agree on. I want them to speak on on our behalf. I don't want it to be. I don't want, I know I know things are tough when it happens to you or when it when you have that happen in your family but that don't always mean you're the proper person to speak on it and this is where I go we have to be informational don't let the emotion completely drive you because it's not sustainable right am I am I nuts for saying this right no I don't think so I don't think so I mean I think it's it's definitely a, a holistic way you have to be holistic in approaching this. And so even if we just take it to the, the trends of the world right now, everything is data-driven, it's information-driven. When you look at a lot of the um, far-right pundits talk about things, it's very patriarchal, it's very logical, right? It, right. It's, it's part of that patriarchy. But So I, I do think that we have to have a better way of interacting in that way, right? But But then... The emotional part, it's okay to be emotional. It's just most emotional intelligence, right, that goes along with it. It's what's fueling it. And then this goes back, bro, to what we talk about, which is the state of our community as a whole is unhealed, right? What we're seeing right now collectively, if we're looking beyond what the television producer or whatever channel that you're looking at is trying to show you, is an outward cry of the pain that people have had i'm not trying to justify anything particularly looting and killing people or anything like that but i'm trying to have a better logical understanding of it and that is something that we 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 haven't really talked about and we haven't really dealt with which is why we don't have a collective agenda why we haven't said okay listen reparations are is the thing that we're going to go on and it's not just 
monetary reparations. But if you understand anything about finance and compounding interest and regression analysis and time value of money and all these different finance terms, you understand that equity positions is really where it is. And then it's equity positions from the time of acquisition. Right. But but when do we when are we ever going to have time to deal with that? We're talking about stuff from the 60s. We're talking about stuff from the 90s. We keep going through the same thing. And and this is why I keep having this push to be informational. If if we be informational, I think we can get to the equity conversation. No, I think we can get to. No, we can. We can. But but social justice is not the way. I'm sorry. and, And I've said this. These are Torian's words okay so i gotta get i gotta I, get I t think that, i gotta get him a, a disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> i just don't think leading with social justice is the way to go our country is based on economics everything we do right when i talk about money with people with clients that i work with and it's not in a derogatory way but it's just in a factual way like we're talking about on this show right money isn't everything but it is a part of everything so the one thing that we have not collectively understood and mastered or even have a fundamental understanding of is how do you deal with currency? How does that play into the larger economy? And how do you have large voting blocks? How do you have local economies where our money is staying within the local communities or the, the, the native black communities before it leaves out? And that's not anti anyone else. It's making sure that everything is good at home so we could be larger, better citizens for a collective part of the United States. We haven't taken care of that part of where we come from. So for me, I understand it, and I think outwardly it looks good and it feels good, but it's something, as we started off with, we have literally been doing for over 50 or 60 years, and it really doesn't get us to where we want to be. And the proof is in our financial and socioeconomic pudding, right? It's where we stand right now in 2020. I don't want to rant, rant on this too much, but if you look at the past 20 years, how much wealth has been built? None. And we, we're, we're, we're losing wealth. Oh, I'm talking about collectively. I'm talking okay. about from private equity and venture capital and, and just, you know, just us understanding the difference between those two things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what that means and how people have invested money and how the Federal Reserve interest rate has been so low that pretty much you can get money for nothing at no cost. Your cost of money is nothing, and you can invest in an organization and get a 50x return in 10 years, and we're not a part of that. No, and that's no, no. how our country is run. So that's my issue with us. Well, you, you touched on two things that, that I want to pull, pull you back to. You said we have to, we have to think about the, the tangible things, and you also said how do we get mm-hmm. stuff in, in large voting blocks. Is this not the political football yeah. being thrown around again? I know I've, I've, I've played the Malcolm X clips. You've been, on the, you've been on the show where I played the Malcolm X clip and the political football story and that, he, that he, he, he preached out back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. We're still dealing with mm-hmm. it today. Mm-hmm. It's like, one, I'm just saying this again. I said this on the last show. Coronavirus has all of a sudden disappeared. The reason why it's all of a sudden disappeared is because the protest is the movement. And what I see, this is just my eyes. My eyes see the coronavirus was a vehicle in order for you guys to get emotional about how badly Donald Trump was handling the coronavirus. Now that that Mm. vehicle is not such a great vehicle anymore, we're going to move on this Mm -hmm. racial inequality and this police brutality thing. And we're going to watch his mastery of words. (laughs) You Mm. know, I got to stop for a second. I honestly believe Trump is play his play of words as of late 
has been directed specifically to a group that we are not in. He's it's 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 too specific. Tell like me more he, about that. Like when he says he's the president of law and order, and it matches what Nixon said, or when the shooting start, the looting start. This is this this is like like we're in a fraternity. Me and you, we're we're fraternity brothers, and we have terms that we use in our fraternity, like go mob. That's something that we understand what yep. it means, but the, the outward world, it's just guessing at it. I I, mm-hmm. I I I haven't been a firm believer of of Trump's a racist. I haven't. Do I believe he's an elitist? Do I believe he's an asshole? Um, do I believe he doesn't <laughs> have a clue? Yeah, I, I I don't believe he has a clue, but I I, I have yet to coin him the term on being being a racist and let me tell you why i say that the reason why i haven't been ready to say he's a racist just flat out say that is because he sits in the highest seat in america as the president and while you all all most people believe that that's just a figurehead you can't do anything he's he's proven otherwise he's firing people when he want to fire people he's saying what he want to say they want him off twitter he's going on twitter he, he i mean like he's doing whatever he really wants to do and if he was truly a racist he would use that same bludgeoning stick as the highest person in the land to make it tougher mm. on black America. So as of, as of, as, as of historical past, these, these past three and a half, almost four years, I haven't been really ready to coin him a racist, but as of late him taking the words of Nixon, who we know was a racist and who we know used that bludgeoning stick at the top of his position. Him saying when the looting starts, the shooting starts, it almost feels like a, a coded language talking to a group of people to let them know I got this under control. I'm the president of law and order, a.k.a. I'm coming to get you, Negroes. When the looting starts, so I don't the I don't start. I don't necessarily I, I agree with you. I'm, I don't I don't dump anybody automatically as one particular label. Now, what I look at racism, I look at it from the standpoint of it's a tool just like anything else. And so when I look at our current president, I think that he will oscillate back and forth. I think that he will use whatever tool is necessary and handy to get what he wants, mm-hmm. right? I don't know how, how different that is from any other president, right? Now, it just so happens that how he was elected was from people in the status quo that feel a certain way, I think, about uh, our past president, President Obama, about the direction that not only the United States, but really the world is going and they felt left out. Right. And so as an opportunist, if I know I have tools in my toolbox that will spark and ignite to use your word with the, with the movement that we have going on with black lives matter to ignite people to action. That's how I think he's using that and what he's doing, which I think is smart. I don't agree with it, but it's smart from a leadership standpoint is he's doubling down on the people that help get him to where he is. And that's why his words have not sound sounded unifying because they've never sounded unifying. So basically what he's saying is, listen, I need to use the words that are going to help get me elected in six months. Right. Think we have to think about right, this we election have, coming up. It's coming. Where's the interest in that? And that's so taking it back to Candace Owens and where she's growing in all of this, her platform is growing. Um, she's getting FaceTime in front of um, Republican, not, I can't even say Republican leaders, um, but just, just government the, in general. Uh, far right leaders, the people who, who agree with her stance, her brand is growing. Now, yeah. it just so happens that what she's selling is political commentary and she's playing to that. So she is able to be utilized 
because of her matter-of-factness and her directness and her candid and being candid as an example of how does this make the tool that I'm using as racism feel better? I'm using her to say, you know what? Here's one. Here's an example of somebody who is saying that all of these things that I don't think exist, mm -hmm. she's saying the exact same thing. And it's justifying how I already feel. And that's why I would, I would encourage even the listeners that we have right now, please listen to Candace Owens. Listen to Ben Shapiro. I'm not saying that you necessarily have to financially support them because, again, right. I go back to, to finances, right? And I'm sure they'd be fine with that. Um, but you should understand the point and the rationale and the reason that they're trying to use. You don't have to agree with it, but you want to try to have deeper understanding. And that is how we get back to your point, Tia, which is how do we start to use more logic and reason outside of just being emotionally responsive or really being reactive as opposed to Thank being you. Responsive. Very reactive. You can be better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, dude. Uh, this is and, and this is what this is where it takes me back to that that term you use. What what do we have that we're gonna use that's tangible and how can we get a voting block together? What is tangible for us? The only thing that I see tangible for us, which is what they're vying for, it's it's a communication that they have that they're vying for. And unless you look at that, I know black community listen to me when i say this every time we have a conversation and we start to talk about politics i don't really talk about politics or we start to talk about religion i really don't talk about religion if if uh, we if you talk about money uh unless it's about giving you some money i really don't like to discuss my finances these are taboo subjects that you need to get out of your head as taboo you have to you have to now normalize changing your opinion mm when presented with new information it's time to start talking about politics openly and the reason why i'm telling you you have to talk about politics openly not only will it sustain the movement that we have you'll you'll gain more information into the games that are being played with our vote that's that's our currency right now they even know it's our currency i mean would you agree or or am i just throwing this out there too crazy no 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 i, I mean yes voting in the united states is is a currency and it has a lot of value particularly when it's a block vote right when you can when you can put economics behind it and then you can come in and move the needle collectively absolutely it has a high currency and and what you're asking see i'm, I'm going to go a little bit deeper and, and again this may be scratchy for some of our listeners as well but one of the reasons we, we have such a challenge with talking about religion politics finances so openly is one um some of those things we don't have a, a, an in-depth understanding about. Like we, we are reaffirming what we've been told when, whenever we were learning these things. And the, the second reason, which I think is the deeper reason, mm -hmm. is because they've become our identity, right? Mm. See, we have to think about the fact that at the beginning of the, the 1900s, when we moved out of slavery and we were still in Jim Crow and stuff, like we didn't really have any roots. We didn't have any roots, to be quite honest with you. Right. We right? had nowhere to there go. There was no tribe, no, no food, no tribe to go back to, no city that was really ours. I mean, small things, man, no, no Italian heritage. No, you know, you talk about Italian-Americans and Mexican heritage and things like that. We had none of that. So it's one of the reasons why, you know, you talk about fraternities and sororities. The people who are, um, who have a higher education identify so much with their fraternity and sorority is because it has become a core part of their identity, right? right? Not a tool in the toolbox, but it is literally part of who I am, which is why you can segment um, in very narrow ways 
particularly some of our peers, uh, not necessarily for Phi Beta Sigma, because, you know, we have a broader context and we come a little bit more enlightened than others. But it's... Uh, it, it's <laughs> I like the way it's, you did that. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I mean, I'm, I'm serious. It's why I chose a fraternity, to be quite honest with you. I say that to people all the time. It's re- represented on our shield. But it's... Um, it, it's But it's one of the things that we have to really talk about. So so that's that's for higher education-based Naf- um, um, Native Black Americans. So if we start to get into religion, come on, man, religion and faith was all we had. And let's be specific. It was Christianity and the belief in things are going to be better later. Look, no, I'm, I'm going to have to stop you from going left. Don't go left because you, you, you know I got a, I got a whole other opinion on a, re- a religious topic. Let me get you. Okay, let me get you, all right. Let me, let me pull but you back for a second. Though, but go ahead. I'm with, yeah, let me I'm pull with you, you back. To, but when, when we talk about <laughs> our currency, <laughs> when we talked about our currency, if we don't mm. have any economic backing, that is our currency. Mm. Do you know? I mean, like, if... Uh, Black people, go do your own reading. Go see what a black family mm-hmm. of four is worth. Right now, it'd be less than a dollar. That, that's, that's the national historic. Uh, if, if you go look at the, the numbers out there, um, Pew studies, it's multiple studies out there to say, what is the wealth of a black family? Uh, just, just take a, a normal black family of four, two working people, in their savings account, they have less than a dollar. That's, that's our numbers right now. That's our wealth building right now. And, 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 I, and I preface that with... I'm talking about black people. However, if you look at in the in the world, not just the U.S., the world, if you have five thousand dollars in your savings account, you're better off than 50 percent of the world already. That's just the numbers. I can't make those up. You can go find them. I encourage you to go find them uh, or continue to just say, hey, Google and say, play Frontline Stereo podcast and listen to us on the Frontline Stereo podcast. That's what you can do. We on Google, (laughs) we on Apple, and hopefully we'll hit the other social media platforms later. But getting back to my point. Yes, sir. Getting back to my point, that is our currency, our vote. Like you said, it particularly is higher when it's a a black vote. And I said, we have to talk about politics because then we'll start to understand what to do with our currency. I, I currently believe most people don't know what to do with their currency. Again, this is where I ask that question. Am I nuts? Am I just throwing this out there? No, absolutely not. It, it, it's not. But how many of us, how many of us have taken to the time to really understand those things that you're talking about? Right. Politics. I mean, like, like why, 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 why we have a democratic position? Like, seriously, if you were to sit down and talk to somebody or even your listeners right now, ask yourself, why do I have a democratic position? And then how does that fit into how the Democratic Party is operating right now? Because and I know you haven't played this clip yet and I know you may. But one of the things that that the far right is talking about or even conservative or just Republican, right, just to, if we go back and forth. Because uh, to be clear, for the sake of this podcast, Torian Richardson is independent. I'm not a part of any party. Um, I look at all candidates, and I vote accordingly, and that's how I look at things. So I'm, I'm always in the middle. I'm always trying to take in as much information as I possibly can. But, you know, Democrats traditionally have been voted into positions of power in our community. And it has been for an extended period of time. That, that, that's so. true. That is a fact, right? right? So, so if that's been the case for the past 30, 40, 50 years, and yet our state has not changed, or it's been so incremental that we can't feel it, because we we, there hasn't Clearly been change, we don't, but right? it's just that incremental that we can't feel it, then 
yeah, there is a viable case for, you know what, I need to open up the aperture and look at things a little bit different. I need to be another Candace Owens or your version of that so that I'm getting a more holistic picture of what may be going on. And I don't think we do enough of that. We, we will see someone like a Candace Owens, and just because we don't agree with it and it scratches a nerve, we don't listen to it, and we don't even try to get some type of reasoning to how she got to these, she, how she came to these conclusions and why. And that is doing a disservice to us, which means we can't think more critically and use more information so we can come together to create those voting blocks that it actually takes to move the needle. Thank you. And, and, here, and this is where I, I mean, like, that, that's it. I may not be able to say it properly, but Tori and Richardson can. And this is a great segue into, the last, in, into that other piece that I want to bring up when it comes to the Candace on clip. Let me play that for everybody and then provide a little bit of context around it. Police brutality, racially motivated police brutality is a myth. Okay, so let's get into that now. Candace, let's not get into that. <laughs> this is where I go. This is where most of the black people heard Candace Owens clip and got emotional. They said, this chick crazy. She done lost her mind. Where is she getting this information from? How is she black? And and seeing and saying something um, like racially motivated police brutality is a myth. Okay. Let's be clear, people. Mm. Frontline listeners, please listen to me when I say this. I know when I'm generally giving speech, I stump my feet or clap my hand when I really want you to pay attention. I can't do that right now um, <laughs> because I'm on the radio. However, Candace Owens, as 31-year-old Candace Owens, which is how old she is, 31-year-old interracially married, married Candace Owens who went to a PWI university and and more than likely has a surrounding of people who are not of color. I know she likes to use the terms of my granddaddy was a sharecropper and I, I'm, I'm black and I come from the hood and all those things that make her sound like the black person. However, we have to look at her like we looked at Kamala Harris. For those of us who looked at Kamala Harris when she said she wanted to run for president, she is not of the cultural experience that we are from. And quite frankly, being at the age of 31, I don't think you have the historical context behind saying something like racially motivated police brutality is a myth. I, I think it would be a mistake to say that you're against the police, then you're against law and order. I think it would be a mistake to dismiss the history of police complaints by people of color because it's rooted at the issue. Um, there's literally never been a time in our history where law and order, where the law and order branch of the state has not operated against us or against the liberties and options and the choices for people of color. So to ignore the racial heritage and historical context means we can't even have an informed debate. So to put it in Candace's terms, sweetheart, I can't even debate with you. Just like some of the people who we who, who I, I tend to go back and forth with on on Facebook. My boy told me a long time ago, hey, look, I don't I, corn, corn dog. I know you hearing me right now. I don't debate. I, I don't debate with people. I don't. I only debate with my equals. Everybody else I teach. So this is a teachable moment mm. for you. <laughs> Don't go getting emotional because if you get informational, you'll be able to say, hey, she's she's not even of the right age or have the, the I mean, the historical context 
trying to have this debate without that historical context and, and looking at the current state of police relations with the black community, this just this didn't just appear. This is this is a long this is centuries. This is centuries long of the historical context. I mean, heck, the badge that they wear comes from where, T? I, I, if you don't I, I want to say it, but I know you know it. The, the badge that they wear comes from the slave I patrol. Don't, I oh, don't know that. It, it comes from the slave patrol. You've heard people call police the patty rollers. We're talking about policing yeah. goes back as far as 1704 in South Carolina with the slave patrol, a.k.a. the patty, patty rollers or the patrollers. They were enforcing the law. That law at that time, that law at that time was that slaves had to obey their masters. This is where patrolling comes from. So without having that mm. historical context in place, we don't even have to debate with Candace. I don't have to bring up the fact that Malcolm X was a was what we would call the scourge of the of the bottom of the community and then became one of the great leaders. I don't have to bring these things up because you have taken yourself historically out of context and out of the conversation. I don't I don't have to debate with you anymore. And that's what I want to say to all those people mm who are formulating their opinions and, and starting to have these political conversations. And then you can be emotional. Why? Because like, what do you say? Emotional intelligence. You have the, you, you now mm -hmm. have the information to drive what I would consider your passion. It's not emotion. It's not just emotion anymore. It's your passion. So right. like I said, I don't debate with my, I only debate with my equals, everybody else I'm a teach. <laughs> <laughs> That's just yeah, what it, it is. And, and, and I understand what you're saying. And it's important, right? I, I think I agree with what you're saying in that we have to make sure that we are intellectually equally yoked when we're having these types of conversations, right? Because information can be used in different ways. Because if you think about human beings, man, we're meaning making machines. We want to find meaning in everything. And so part of how we have evolved is to try to find meaning. So you can have information, put it together in a way, and whatever rationale, whatever beliefs, feelings that you have that help drive those beliefs are going to help you come to conclusions, right? But that is why we do have to make sure we get more information and we're getting it from places that we don't, that aren't reaffirming what we already think and believe. You know what I'm saying? So That's true. I, I've heard a lot of these interviews where people will talk about uh, black on black crime and violence against black people and, and they'll use statistics that are statistically true, but then they'll try to contextualize them and find meaning to fit the narrative that they want to project. And we oh, have to be careful of that. Point. And that's why when I listen to uh, ben, ben Shapiro or uh, Candace Owens or I like Glenn Beck, right? I, mm -hmm. I'm a Glenn Beck fan, actually. I, I agree with a lot of the things that he actually says. But you don't um, like the way not they everything, but a lot. But I listen to his stuff. But you don't like What'd the way say? they. But you don't like the way they contextualize the stats, because that's what Candace did for me. I mean, to give more context around that 18 minute video, you guys can go watch it. If feel free to go watch it. Mm -hmm. In this in this in this video, she goes on to talk about his police record context behind his police record um, arrested for uh, possession of cocaine uh, on three different accounts. And I even after after hearing that it was a 98 um, arrest for cocaine, a 2002 arrest for cocaine and then a 2007 mm -hmm. arrest for cocaine and then a robbery which the one she pointed out the big time, the robbery where he placed a gun to a pregnant woman's um, stomach and then admitted to guilt and served time in his prison. He, he did his prison sentence mm -hmm. and, and came back to the mm -hmm. community. 
to me, this is another conversation, and we we might have it and broach it one day. That's sound. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a drug addiction to me. That's cocaine, cocaine, cocaine robbery. And right now we we're in a we're in a position we're in the light right now where we look at an opioid addiction and we treat people um, who have this opioid addiction like a patient. But at the time, George Floyd unfortunately wasn't treated like a patient. He was treated like a criminal. So we right. can we can have that argument on that side too. Um, that's for that's for Candace Owens. See, it, it's it's ways to informationally contextualize things so that it makes sense. Yeah, she 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 threw out a bunch of percentages about who makes up the most of the uh, most of the jail. You you go watch Thirteen, sweetheart. I mean, you can. You, we don't even have to give you a book to read. You can go watch a a movie or a video. There's so many things right. we can do be for Candace Owens. Right. <laughs> you said be entertained. We are over entertained and. <laughs> And what what did you say? We're over entertained and um under uh, under educated and under educated. So that's why we continue to look to our entertainers to push our political agenda. Yeah, but the, mm-hmm. the, these are the yeah. things that we have to pay attention and we have to look at as we're moving forward in our conversations and our quest to become again more informational over emotional. You can get emotional about those things, but what I want you to do. Is take in some information before you get emotional because the, the, some of these things you would start to agree with once you when when you start to understand the language that they're speaking. It's it, hey, it's broadened my horizon. I I haven't talked about politics this much, and I don't know how long, but it's you ha- you I have to because that's the state of where we're at. TL, how did you get where you're at? I I don't believe I'm where I'm supposed to be at yet. However, some people might look at it as, as, as successful. Some people might look at it as on my way. I, I'm, I'm glad, I'm grateful that you feel that way, but I want to make sure you also look at, I'm trying to show you something different so that you can be here with me too. I don't like being the only black person in my community. I don't like being the only black person at the, in leadership at my job. I don't like being the only black person who's having the political and, um, and, the political and economic and religious conversation. I want us to all be enlightened, um, whether you agree with me or not, because I'm not asking you to agree with me either. Right, right. And and my and my thing is, I I think you're absolutely right, man. And my thing is just understand the system that you're in. You know what I'm saying? Like this is this is a big chess game, and you have to know the rules that you're playing in. You have to understand how the pieces move on the board that you're on, and and. You're on it, whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you like it or not, you're on it. Unless you live off on an island somewhere, even if you got a farm somewhere in Mississippi, you're still paying taxes to somebody that ties into some school district, right? So Absolutely. it's really important that we do that, man, and, and try to get to understand that, really start to understand the basics of, of, of finance. Uh, and, I, and I don't want to sound preachy, but I always go back to this, man. Every, everybody should know how to read financial statements. <laughs> and I know that has nothing to do with it. No, seriously, nothing to do with the conversation that we have right that we're having right now. But it has everything to do with how everything operates because every what, your church has financial statements, right? Your right. business, no question. Your household should have some level of budgeting. I don't care if you're working with fifty dollars a month. You should know where that money actually goes. That is how. That is the language in which the United States operate, and that's how we build these blocks. That's number one. Number two, politics is important. Understand that game or understand that system. But then get to know the local policymakers because that is where immediate 
change actually happens. So we having so much of a conversation around what's happening in the White House right now and our current president, when people don't even know who their local representation is and don't have a relationship with them. And these are the people that you are sending and funding with your tax dollars that you're earning when you get your paycheck and you say, man, all that state tax. Yeah, that's who it's going to. Right. That you're sending off to represent you, and you don't have a connection with the, that. Not person. at all. That's where I think the real advocacy comes in, man. And vote voting there, that's where the power lies. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to preach too much, and but I always <laughs> go back to the economics of it, bro. Yeah, I always do, and I always will, because that's how this country works. Look, man, I, this is this is where I go. I can't. I I I, I love doing this. I love having these conversations, I, and I definitely love having them with you. Um, T man, you got to keep coming out with me on the front line. I think we we I think you might be the yin to the yang, man. I don't want to do this without my boy, <laughs> but we're gonna continue. Hey, I'm with you all the way, man. Hey man, look, we're gonna continue to um, bring exciting conversation, and we're gonna definitely continue to have multiple views when we comes when we comes to a side when it comes to a side of an argument. Um, this is where I say I, I'm ready. To, I, I want to engage with the audience, man. I, I know I've been on the podcasting quest and right now it's just been all audio. It's been audio TL on the front line. And you guys have been communicating with me through Facebook comments or from time to time. People who got my number, you you text, you're texting me, you're texting um, Torian and you're 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 saying, hey, did you talk about this? Hey, I want to hear you guys talk about um, this, this Candace Owens situation. I want to make sure you you. You guys pull in the right. There's an audience out there. You guys are listening. I appreciate it. Um, Brandon, Vance, Terrell, all you guys that are out there listening. I really I just want to say um, definitely I'm clapping hands for you guys because this is where I get my support from. And I want to continue to bring um, exciting content. But I want to engage with you guys. So what I'm what I want to do right now is I'm going to throw this out there. This is. This is the time where the Frontline Podcast is going to come from behind the scenes, from the audio, and we're going to start doing some visuals. We want to um, stream Facebook Live, um, YouTube Live, and we're going to start to engage with you guys and get your questions and your reactions and your, your comments right away. Um, we, we generally record this, even though I, I drop this every Friday, we record this on a Thursday. So it's Thursday right now, and that's the day that we're going to start to um, – try to be consistent for you guys and commit to that day to engage with you guys live. Um, we're going to, we're going to set up the platform. My studio is still in, in progress. So you might see some changes there, but I'm gonna have my boy T with me, um, Torian Richardson. Yes, and, and I'm going to, we're definitely going to have some, some exciting guests as we continue to grow the frontline stereo podcast. Again, don't forget the stereo podcast when you're putting in the frontline on Google or um, Apple Podcasts, and, and if not, just engage with us and subscribe on our Facebook page. And now that we, we're moving towards the visual piece, that's where you can go hit up our YouTube page, Frontline SPC Stereo Podcast. If you want to let us know about a topic or something that you want us to put out there, don't hesitate to email me, frontlinespc at gmail.com. Or like I said, you've already engaged with me on the um, Facebook page. So continue to engage with me on our our facebook page um torian i can't thank you enough man i i really do it it makes this so much easier when we're in the studio and i'm doing this with people i like so sir thank you so much yes yes um hey, i appreciate it man thank you for the platform thank you for the voice and uh you know keep putting the message out there man i mean being well informed is the way to go that's how we that's how we move from optimistic to being optimized that's really my big thing for everybody so you know 
positive is good. That's what we have, where we want to be. But we want to make sure that we're op- optimizing our opportunities as people, as a people, optimizing this opportunity and making sure that there's a stake in the direction that we're going as a country. Because uh, as a person who's lived around the world, I've, I've had a chance to live on four different continents myself. Uh, you know, America has some really good things to offer. We got a lot of things that we need to get right too. And that won't happen unless you are involved. So if you're listening to this, if you're hearing my voice right now, you are the person that I'm speaking to. Well, let's make sure we take action and make it sustainable. Okay. Look, this is where I go. This is why he's on the Frontline Stereo Podcast. I, I, I know <laughs> I rant from time to time, but he, he's going to emotionally calm me back down and get me back focused on, <laughs> on the in, in, information. Look for um, – don't look just to hear Torian Richardson on the um, Frontline Stereo Podcast. This dude has been everywhere. Torian, please tell some of the people where we can see some of your other content and just some of the other things that you've been doing in the community beyond the front lines. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, so, I, you know, I work as an investor, as a culture scientist, and a uh, global executive coach. So I work with organizations, people, CEOs on just what I said, really. How do we move from being optimistic to being optimized? So having real actionable things around how we show up in the world. So, of course, I have a website. You can check that out. It's torianrichardson.com. That's T-O-R-I-A-N-R-I-C-H. A-R-D-S-O-N. A few different podcasts that are going to be rolling out um, along with the front lines with with my man T.L. I have At the Table with Torian, where we're going to have a lot of different conversations with a variety of people from around the world. Um, And this is going to be open politics, you know, really interesting stories about amazing people. And it will be diverse. This is this is not just black or white or Asian or even American. So it's going to be pretty open. So that could be a good resource for you just to um, tune into to to open up the aperture a little bit. And then another uh, podcast that I'm rolling out with is Where's Your Heart with a good friend of mine. We're going to be talking about topics like this, but we are going to be focused a little bit more on like how do we feel about these things? And why do we feel that way? So we're going to talk about the emotional piece, but we're going to dig a little bit deeper into it so we're not just reacting to things. And then all over social media, anybody can check me out. You can link up with me. It's at Torian Online across all social media platforms. So it's at T-O-R-I-A-N-O-N-L-I-N-E. So just check me out. I come in peace and love. And uh, let's make this justice happen. Man, look. Hey, ladies, he's single. I'm just putting that out there. I don't know if he's single or not. <laughs> but I know they always looking for my boy T. I am single. I am single. Uh, they always looking for my boy T. Hey, man, look, he, he couldn't have said it any better. We need to move from being optimistic to being optimized. As we continue in our quest to become more informational, over-emotional, I want us to start looking at the language that's being spoken right in front of us. Is it a political language? Is it a religious language? Is it a language that takes advantage of people, those disenfranchised, or those who they would consider the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely? Whatever it may be, if you are the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely, I want you to take a listen to the Frontline Stereo Podcast. Everybody can use a certain sound bite to formulate their opinion and have these type of conversations which need now to be open. I want to thank everybody for listening and I want y'all to look out for us live streaming on the front line. Black community and all allies, you can now back up off the front line.